0: Okay, welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. I am not Carson Cunningham. I'm Kyle Porter. And uh, Carson is a little bit tied up today. He's traveling a little bit for Thunder, Jazz, had a few other things going on. Uh, So Adam Lunt, contributor to the blog, and uh, just a a very smart football guy uh, who has been on this podcast before has joined us. And we are going to call somebody else a little bit later on to talk about the NFL draft. But uh, Adam, big week for you. Uh, kind of all your worlds colliding with college football, NFL, uh, the, everything leading up from the combine. How excited are you about this week?
1: Yeah, pretty excited. Um, appreciate you having me on. I, uh, I've got big shoes to fill with, with Carson out. So I was actually trying to, uh, to, to practice my, we are back at it <laughs> uh, and practicing my, my big 10 slander, um, as well, but no, uh. Yeah, exciting. Um, you know, it's it's really cool that the the draft is uh, you know happening uh, you know regionally, and not to mention there's a lot of Oklahoma State players in the mix, uh, which always makes things more exciting. So yeah, I mean, kind of everything colliding in in regards to things that I'm certainly interested in and uh, and you know invested in as well. So um, you know, fun fun week and kind of a a time that uh, you know sometimes is a little bit boring in regards to sports. So.
0: Yeah, I was tr- I was trying to think of another draft in which Oklahoma State figured uh, this prominently. I, I, I mean, I I guess you would say the Whedon and Blackman just because they had two guys that went in the first round, which probably won't happen in 2018. But I think overall, there's there's more guys from Oklahoma State get, that that will get drafted in total this year than back uh, in 2000 and uh, what was that? Twelve, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's kind of um, I can't exactly remember how many people got drafted from that that class, but I, it was certainly top heavy. I mean, with Whedon and Blackman being the top guys, and I think there was a pretty big drop off. And I think the cool thing with this draft is, is you know, there's a potential for a lot of guys to get drafted. Now, some of them may be closer to the back half of the draft, um, but still, you know, a lot of guys in play um you know even all the uh, potentially up to six seven eight names that are um you know draft caliber players so i certainly think that's exciting for oklahoma state fans it's certainly a good selling point for you know coach gundy and the staff as well to um to pitch to new recruits and whatnot so yeah definitely a deep deep class for osu for sure
0: yeah you've got if you go back to 2005 so gundy's first year so looking at the gundy era you had multiple players drafted in 07. There was two, Ryan McBean and Corey Hill- Hillard. Uh, 2010, there was four. That's the most that have ever been drafted in a single year. That was the Russell O'Kong, the Des Bryant, uh, Parrish Cox, and then Zach went almost last uh, to the Patriots. Uh, 11, you had Kendall Hunter. That was it. And then 12, you had Blackman Whedon and Markel Martin. And then since 2012, you've only had six guys drafted uh Gil, or excuse me joseph randall in 13 justin gilbert in 14 josh Furman in 15 emmanuel agba in 16 so you had one guy each year and then last year you had vincent taylor and chris carson so there's really an opportunity this year for more guys than have ever been drafted under mike gundy to to go to the nfl
1: yeah no i think it's a unique opportunity and, and it's it's both you know offense and uh and defense. I mean, there's probably going to be a, a little bit more of a uh emphasis on offense, but you know, certainly I think probably you'll see somewhere between 4 and possibly 5 guys drafted, but you know, there's um You know, there's some guys that, depending on, I mean, I think Chris Carson was one of the last draft picks in the seventh round. So you never know. You know, once you get in that sixth and seventh round, a lot of a lot of times, I mean, it's really hard to to predict in the first round, and the seventh round is even, you know, even more wheels off. So you know, you never know. But I would say somewhere between four and five guys um, getting drafted, and that's you know, it's pretty strong for Oklahoma State, um, especially with the numbers that you just you just presented. So who
0: do you who do you think goes first out of the Oklahoma State guys?
1: I definitely think it'll be Rudolph. Um, You know, there's been a lot of buzz with him, which is interesting. I honestly think that uh, where he goes has less to do with him and more to do with what the other teams do, because there's a lot of shifting happening, and and you know, there's probably seven or eight teams that need quarterbacks, and it just kind of depends on you know if there's a quick if there's an early run. Like let's say there's three out of uh, the first five picks are quarterbacks. Yeah. Then you may see those teams trading into the top ten to get um, potentially like Lamar Jackson. If that happens, I think Rudolph, you know, will probably end up being a first round pick. Now if things kind of happen to where normally <laughs> where teams don't overdraft quarterbacks, um, I think you'll probably see him fall somewhere in the early second round or so. But um, and I think probably James Washington will be somewhere. In the mid mid second round uh, range as well, um, but I would I would imagine that you know Rudolph goes before not necessarily because he's a better prospect, but more about just because the NFL is QB crazy and that's just how it is, you know. So yeah,
0: it it does seem like we're dealing with two different drafts. There's almost like the quarterback draft and then the everybody else draft, and I don't I don't know how the two. The way the two mesh is is always so interesting because, like you said, a team might trade up and draft, I don't know, Josh Rosen in the top ten, and you're like, well, Josh Rosen is not a top ten pick, but because of the value that's placed on quarterbacks, he becomes one. He gets drafted ahead of some, I don't know, cornerback from Ohio State that's a far superior player and – has a has a much higher uh, floor than a Josh Rosen, but because there's so much emphasis placed on the quarterback position, Josh Rosen goes ahead of him. Do, do ha, ha, have you noticed that? Like, what, do you see that as you kind of look at these drafts?
1: Oh, I mean, there's there's no question. I mean, so a perfect example of Josh Allen. So I don't necessarily think he's a great quarterback, but a lot of people do. Um, and a lot of, they've actually been reports out today that, uh, you know, the Browns are weighing him for, for the first pick. So, and, and which, which, you know, is me is crazy to me, but, um, but they really like him and he's a quarterback, which a position of need, obviously for the Browns. Um, and for me, you know, looking at the players, Quentin Nelson is the best player in the draft for me across the board, but he's a guard. Guard interior linemen aren't necessarily weighed as heavily as as tackles or or maybe uh, you know edge rushers or quarterbacks. Those are the premium positions, and so he's he may slip to 9, 10, or eleven in the draft when he's he's like the most can't miss prospect. I mean that that guy has twelve yeah. year guard Hall of Famer written all over him. But these these teams are taking a flyer on a quarterback like Josh Allen because he you know he has that promise at a at a premium position so it's kind of like a sliding scale where you have skills on paper and then you have the position and how much that weighs and and that's how you come up with the draft order and a lot of times it doesn't necessarily iron out the way it should but that's 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 why it's unpredictable so
0: yeah as long as baker mayfield ends up in cleveland then i'm good with whatever happens (laughs) Uh, um okay he may yeah. end
1: up in the, in New York for the Jets which I think is a terrible fit too so <laughs> uh, so that's another if if Oshi fans are rooting against him I think the Jets are a pretty bad fit so that'd be another one to root for so yeah
0: either, either one would be would be terrific uh, okay it's time for the Works guest of the week we're going to talk to somebody who uh, hopefully will be drafted on Thursday or Friday or Saturday Works, bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the Refreshing Horniestoad Blonde. If you're next watch, party, tailgate, or get together with friends, enjoy, enjoy a cold coupe Elle works, and please remember to drink responsibly. We are going to dial up Trey Flowers and uh, see what's going on with him, see how he's feeling uh, about the NFL draft this weekend. Uh, okay, we've got uh, four-year Oklahoma State star safety, Trey Flowers, and we uh, Potential NFL draft pick in 2018. Trey, how uh, how's it going? How's your week going? Are you excited about uh, the NFL draft
2: coming up? I'm I'm really excited about the draft. You know, um, something I dreamed about my whole life, and it couldn't come here any faster. Which was Thursday, Friday, which was the weekend already, but it's coming.
0: <laughs> in, in your in your preparation for this, what uh, one of the questions I wanted to get you going with? Would you what? You talk about training and all these things going on. What are, what's your diet like right now? What'd you eat for breakfast this morning? This morning? This morning. I what'd ate, you eat for uh, breakfast?
2: I went to. A, I'm back home in San Antonio in this is a place that I really love <laughs> called Sony's. It's just like a little small spot down here in San Antonio, and I just went there. I went there and ate. And back home, eating all my favorites before I leave again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Hey Trey, this is this is Adam. Um, real quick, so you've had you know a few opportunities to to you know meet with some NFL guys at the you know at the East-West uh, Shrine Game, the Combine, Pro Day. Um, what type of feedback are you getting from those guys in regards to you know things they like about your game and maybe things you need to improve on you know moving forward? Have they have they given you a pretty consistent message on feedback there?
2: Uh, yeah, I think the main thing was just. Uh how much did I weigh? My, like my weight, at the from the Shrine Game to the Combine, they wanted to see me put on more weight and be over 200. So that was one of the things. Another thing was just they like my versatility and keep breaking things, tape and um, stay safe for the draft. Really, that was that was the main thing.
0: When, when you're when you're going through all this stuff, you're running your 40, your your bench press. You know, you you do 225. I think it was 18 times or whatever. How much? do you get the feeling like that stuff matters compared to what you actually did on the field at Oklahoma State? When you're talking to these teams, which one do you feel like matters to them more?
2: Which one matters more? Um, That's that's really hard to say. You know, a lot of when we were at the combine, a lot of them asked me what I was going to run and whatnot, and they didn't really take They didn't really think I was going to do bench press too well, so be showing them that i could do that i know that I opened eyes, so, but i still say the 40 is still a top thing for DBs. so I, that's kind of just hard to answer
1: <clears throat> kind of building on that i mean you had to be happy coming away from the combine in regards to you know the way things went with testing and all that have you have you noticed a, a difference in terms of interest um, from teams, you know, before and after the combine, like was there a, was there a, a starch contrast there um, after your performance
2: there? Uh, I know. I back. I told I told one coach exactly what I was what I was shooting for, what I was going to get on bench and on my uh, forty for the Denver Broncos, and he told me if I did that, he told me he's going to call me a couple weeks before the draft. we were going to talk about everything going on. And, I did everything I him I was going to do, and he he kept his word. So I said, I'm the to do something and word for
0: it. Uh, I, I read an article recently. You said you're not you're actually not going to watch the NFL draft. Why is that, and how difficult will that be to to not watch it when it's on TV all weekend?
2: So no, it's I mean, good thing I got I'm I'm in the video games, so I am going to pass my time. I got a couple of charges. I'm going to the extra phone charges just in case something happens to this one. So I know my time will be be occupied very well, but I, my uncle didn't watch the draft. He went first round. So I remember him, <laughs> like, vividly. He didn't watch it. He wasn't expecting to go first round. And he, we were outside playing. We were just playing catch, and his phone rang. he call it his life. You know, it changed his life. And I, I just don't want to sit through that agony of, Going through it, you know, I I've always had a competitive edge of thinking I'm the best, knowing I'm the best, and seeing people go in front of me that I don't feel I like as good as me will only anger me even more. So I just don't want to put myself through that pain, and that will be it. Hopefully i get the car.
1: Kind of kind of building on the, the family ties there. I know, um, uh, I know. I, I think I read an article that mentioned that you were doing some training with your cousin Dimitri. What's uh? Has there been a little trash talk flying around in regards to who's going to get selected first, or you guys kept it pretty civil, or what's going on there? Uh,
2: I think he, I think he came to realize that I'll be the first. I'm like, way more athletic than him, so <laughs> I mean that, that's where that's what we're trying to with. But you know, we're all rooting, we're uh, rooting for each other. We're each other's biggest sure. fans, so it's is the uh, just a little family thing that we'll do. So I don't think I would call it trash talk and shit. We argue about
1: the season and whatnot more than anything. Nice. What
0: What was the uh, – I want to talk a little bit about your time at, at Oklahoma State and, and just your – you had a, obviously a great career there. What What do you feel like was the most – as you transitioned from college to the NFL, what was the most important lesson that you will take from a coach or, or maybe a mentor that you had in Stillwater uh, to the next level?
2: Um. Yeah, really everybody I met to the water coach and to the former players. I, I take a little bit of everything from them. But uh, the main thing that really sticks with me is Coach Gundy's, uh, Coach Gundy's saying, no fear, no frustration. And um, I take that along with me in life. You know, you can't get frustrated. You can't let people see you get frustrated. and You can't be scared to do anything, especially with me playing DB. You can't be scared to take risks. You got to live with it. So I, I take Coach Gundy's every day with me. But I've learned a lot from everybody.
1: I know I was uh, I was looking on, on Twitter, and I know Coach Gundy's been tweeting out some videos of uh, of him uh, talking about all the guys that may be drafted. Um, what's your What's your relationship like with Coach Gundy, and um, you know, kind of looking back on your career? Um, I know you touched on this a little bit, but how, how was it like playing for him in in general?
2: Uh, it was great. You know, um, a lot of people asking about Coach Gundy if he's really like that off the off the camera and everything. And- he is. He's a player's coach. I love every minute of it. You know, playing for him, he uh, definitely made me better and he gave me my opportunity
0: to play college as well. <clears throat> Looking at the defense for, for 2018, uh, you know, obviously you had a really successful career as as a, a defensive back and, and, you know, you guys lost yourself, Ramon Richards. How, how do you think – do you think the defense next year uh, is going to be the same or better or worse and uh and why do you why do you think
2: that i mean that's that's hard to say you know um, i wish the best for them i hope they are better than us you know i hope they can bring home a big time championship so i hope they are better i know they got a great defensive coordinator uh, not saying coach Spencer wasn't great but i know they went in a different direction and he's gonna pick up where he left off they got a lot of guys that can make plays so i know that in the back end they will be pretty good in the first seven it'll be great so um, I think that when they all put it together, they will be better than
1: us. Is there a, is there a guy that um, maybe was in a redshirt year or on the scout team, or, or maybe someone that uh, OSU fans don't really know about that that you think is kind of ready to take the next step as um, you know, poised for a big season in twenty
2: eighteen. Um, I got it's actually a few of them that a lot of people aren't talking about just yet. I know when they get older, they will. They're going they're going to go through the same stuff that. I went through, I, I don't wish it on him, but um, I, all the safeties, you know, they haven't had too many starts. Starting with C. Carey, he's green. He's a really athletic guy, and I stay on him. As, like, I'm his big brother, so I talk to him every day, you know, just making sure he's taking advantage of stuff. Tabo was a freshman last year. He had a um, – he actually success in any better camp. So I keep tell him, just keep getting better, keep doing what you're doing to get there. And another one is uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. He's <laughs> – he has really good ball skills. He can make a lot of plays on the ball. And he can be a real complete safety for Cutch Hammer. You know, um, a lot of those safeties now are gonna be there, and they going to step up and make plays this year.
0: Why do you think more? There's, uh, there's always a lot of talk about. The Big 12 and how it relates to the NFL. Why do you think more high school kids don't go to the Big 12 because of how much passing there is? It seems like it seems like it'd be a great place for cornerbacks and safeties to to really show off what they're able to do. Why do you think more guys don't go there?
2: Uh, just I would say you know the SEC has a lot of the championships recently. You know, Alabama's really been going. Clemson's not in the SEC, but they really, their team that really challenges Alabama. I mean. B-12 hasn't had this successful runners of the national championship game.
1: I know it's. Here, but I know that's a lot. What happened? Looking, looking back, is there um is there a game that you kind of have circled that is is your favorite game from your career in regards to you know whether it was a big win or you know you had a big game? Um, is there one that really stands out? You know, looking back.
2: Looking back, uh, just this year. Or? In, no, in your general. whole
1: career, yeah, just any of the four my years. Whole,
2: yeah. <laughs> my whole career, I would say I would say TCU the TCU game twenty I think that'd be twenty fifteen. Yeah. They came to Stillwater and they were ranked real high. And the year before that they had put up like fifty on us for their homecoming. And they had all those seniors coming back, Josh Dockson, uh, Aaron Green, Trayvon Boykin, they had all those guys and we beat them at home. I think it was like one of our one of our best games we ever played. Mason and James were complete. Defense had like five turnovers. It was just it was fun to be around, and uh, the atmosphere in the stadium was crazy.
0: Who's the toughest guy you you had to tackle when you were in college?
2: Toughest guy I had to tackle in college. Uh, I would, I would have to say one of those OU running backs. Either Smash or Jackson. they were they were a true one-two punch. It wasn't a first string, second string thing. They were both starters. They just happened to go to the same school, so it would have to be one of those. I can't pick between. All
1: right, we're really gonna put your hold your feet to the fire here with this one, um, and this is this is a real popular question with the fans. What is your favorite OSU uniform combination with pants,
2: jersey, and helmet? Okay, I, well I got a I got a tie. I got a tie for first. <laughs> <laughs> the first one, the first one would be the gray uniforms. They took the gray uniforms away from us. I think that's what made me love this even more because we couldn't wear them, and I really. Didn't. <laughs> uh, you always like stuff
1: you can't have, you so know. I always
2: like stuff you can't have. I really, I really wanted to wear gray, and uh, they didn't really like it. I don't think so. They didn't uh, never let us wear all gray, but. Me personally I I like the uh the basic the orange and white orange jazzy white bottoms. But the um, the helmet is the hardest question for me. We have so many great helmets, that truly the hardest question. I like the orange with the white with the pistol peak. I think we wore it very to this year. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, that that'll be my favorite combination. it's a, it's the best orange to wear. It's so simple but it looks so good.
1: I like I that's that. a mild upset. Most of them are all white or all black. you're you're going in a different direction there, I like it, so
0: yeah, i, yeah, I, I would I would have bet money on on the all white for for Trey flowers, but um <laughs> staying on that topic, uh, who who I'm not gonna ask you which team you want to go to in the NFL because you know whatever yeah, i don't I don't want to get into all that, but which team do you think has the best uniforms in the NFL?
2: The best uniforms in the NFL. I always like the uh, the Dolphins colors, the, the colorway of the Dolphins. I always liked them. So them and um, Jacksonville just got some new jerseys. Uh, Tennessee Titans just got some new jerseys too. Um, I still stick with the Dolphins though. I just like the colorway and all the things you can do with their uniforms. Look on game day. I would have to say the Dolphins.
1: One more, one more question for me about the NFL, and I know you mentioned the Broncos, but is there, has there been another team that you've heard, you know, quite a lot of uh, feedback from, or you know, you you know they have some interest? And in, I don't know how much of this you can share, but I'm just curious if there was a few teams that really stuck out to you in terms of
2: ones that were really interested in you. Um, I just had the combine. I talked to the Vikings quite a few times, and. I feel like they like to the, like me. Like um, they showed a lot of interest in me, but you just never know. <laughs> you never know what what direction the team is going, or anything. But I know I talked to the Vikings a couple of days at the combine.
1: Nice.
0: What 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 do you want to do, Trey? If you know down the road, if football either doesn't work out, or when you get done with your playing career in the NFL or professionally, what 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 do you want to do after that? What is something that's been on your mind that you want to get into or or kind of pursue?
2: Um, I majored in business. I want to definitely get into a business field or something of some sort, but I know I can't leave football completely alone, so I know I I really want to coach uh, college or high school level, you know, just wherever I'm at in life, where my my daughter is at in life, and um, see how much time I have to actually do that.
0: Uh, speaking of your daughter, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, I wanted, I was curious about this. I saw that she uh, or you guys recently celebrated her first birthday. What did you get yes, sir. your one-year-old daughter for her first birthday?
2: <laughs> yeah, everybody looked at me like I was crazy, but uh, I got her a drop-top Mercedes that with <laughs> a remote control. She can get into it, and she does. She's not driving. It. I can, I can control her around. So that's, she's that's awesome. the most fun. she could, she could turn the wheel and it has an ox chord. She can, I can play her favorite songs and everything. She's riding in everybody style. Says too young. Yeah. Everybody says she's too young, but she really enjoys it. <laughs> that, <laughs>
1: that is an awesome, that is an awesome gift. That's not the answer I was <laughs>
0: expecting, but that's way better than what <laughs> I thought it would be. <laughs> Okay, All Trey right, Flowers, hey, good luck this weekend and uh, wish you wish you the best and uh, hope everything works out and appreciate you uh, joining us to talk a little football today. All
2: right, thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, best talk to you later, look, Trey. Okay. Take care.
0: All right. Okay, we got a little uni talk in there. Uh, that uni talk, by the way, was brought to you by Chris's University Spirit. Uh, they have been a longtime sponsor and uh, always enjoy – hearing from the players what their favorite uh uniforms are and uh i, I thought his uh n f l uniform choices were interesting Dolphins, new threads great colors it was pretty cool yeah
1: they just uh just got a, a slight alteration to their their uniforms certainly interesting colors they definitely stand out so i, I this is a hot take, but the dolphins logo is vast, like needs an upgrade bad but i <laughs> I'm with them with the colors so um, yeah, de- that I, was definitely one I wasn't prepared for, for sure. I was, I was thinking maybe the Falcons or, uh, you know, kind of a little bit more of a modern feel, but
0: yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, he said a lot of interesting things there. I, I thought one of the things he said that was, was most interesting. I think a lot of times when you talk to former players, they will, when you ask him and I, I kind of purposefully asked him which coach he had learned the most from and left it a little open-ended. A lot of guys will talk about their position coach or coordinator or something like that. I, I thought it was interesting that he mentioned Gundy and kind of kept going back to him and, and talked about how he is off camera. And it, it, it seems like uh, Gundy is, has had a pretty big impact on the way that the trade does things and, and how he will do things at the next level.
1: I mean, I, I think it continues to support the narrative that this is how Gundy's been always but it's how he was with the players and then you know he kind of had this face with the the media and whatnot that was a little bit different and then I think something just clicked maybe a few years ago where he's just like you know what I don't care anymore I'm gonna be like this all the time so um and I've heard that from players too where they get the same feedback that trade just did back in you know 2009-2010 and just us as people that are outside of the program didn't never saw that side and you know now yeah. we're finally able to see it on a regular basis and you know i, I think it's cool it's it's nice to see him be himself so
0: did any of his uh, breakout players for next year surprise
2: you
1: no i mean he's obviously biased with the safeties and you know he's got a <laughs> he's got a role with his guys but uh you know, I think uh, I think Green is a, you know Green and and Tabo are the guys that you have circled in. Also, Malcolm Rodriguez like those are the three guys that I think everyone is expecting to to fill the void at safety. And and there is a there's a massive void at safety. I mean, it's probably the biggest uh, you know safety and obviously quarterback. But um, you know where you got not only Trey and Richards but um, you know Darius Curry and and all the backups as well. Are gone too i mean I, I think uh and um i'm losing his um i can't think of his name but anyways he's chance, from kansas chance cook no chance cook's back i think uh oh, but anyway all that left oh my um, bad my bad yeah, yeah 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 um but you know all of the all the safeties are gone coming in with all new guys and and you know they're gonna step in and, and have a, a big opportunity to make an impact and you know the good news is, is it sounds like um, you know, he's got confidence in him, which is, which is promising. So
0: yeah, uh, Jarrell Morrow.
1: Yeah. Morrow. There we go. There you go. Um, I like can name where he was from, but not his name. So uh. <laughs>
0: his, his high school stats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, it, safety is, it, it, you know, I, I think it opens up an opportunity for, and, and you saw this a little bit in, in 17 with with Tabo playing, but it it opens up an opportunity for somebody like a Flanagan, or just an incoming freshman that that impresses to uh, to play, and and you know maybe I, I, who knows like with with the new defense, do you think there's any chance that you could see one of the smaller, faster linebackers dropped back there just just because of experience?
1: I don't know how all that is going to work out. I mean, I, I think right now a lot of the spring is just figuring everything out because you have some in my opinion there's some guys that don't really fit the scheme well and you're you're kind of moving some people around you're you're trying some new things because kind of the main difference in this new scheme is is the safeties are going to be have a much more active role in run support than previous years, um, you know a lot of them were sitting back and and you know deep zone coverage, and then you you rely mainly on the guys in the box. Whereas a, a lot of this new scheme is is actually where you kind of keep your guys on the outside where you have like this this rover, this bandit, whatever it's called, and he's taking the slot. And then your guys in the box, in addition to the safeties, are responsible for coming up for run support. So which is which is totally different than you know kind of what they're used to. So it's it'll be interesting to see how they're able to piece together which player plays what position and then how they adapt to that that new the new role. Um, and it's a lot to learn. You know, so not only are they inexperienced on the field, but they're also having to go through a scheme shift. So there's, there's a lot to, a lot of transition for sure.
0: Yeah. I thought it was also interesting that he kind of went out of his way to mention, uh, J- uh, coach Knowles, the new defensive coordinator. It, he, he's not somebody that Trey would have necessarily interacted with a lot, but he seemed, uh, impressed by him, uh, for, for whatever interactions they've had that, that kind of, that kind of stick out to me as well. Um, Okay. Let's go here one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and wrap things up with a little more NFL Draft Talk. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay Adam uh, anything else that, that Trey said that, that kind of popped to you or, or uh, just kind of stood out in, in terms of what he was talking about Yeah I mean I think um, it's
1: kind of cool that um, you know he's, he's had some interaction with the Broncos and the Vikings. I think those are those are two great teams I mean I, I was I actually wrote a piece for um, PFB in regards to potential landing spots and I mean he's totally right it's it's so hard to predict. <laughs> where where you could potentially go? I mean, there's probably eight to ten teams that need safeties, and um, and you know you're he's he's probably not going to necessarily be a guy that's taken in the first few rounds. You're talking the middle rounds. It's it's real challenging, and I, I know it's probably hard on him to figure out kind of where am I going to be. Um, but you know, I know that those are two great defensive coaching staffs for sure. I mean, if if that ended up falling in Denver or Minnesota, so that uh, I I hope he ends up for a guy like mike zimmer in minnesota that'd be awesome
0: so yeah you you mentioned cleveland oakland and buffalo and as much as we talk about how cleveland is just a black hole for offensive players they've actually put together a pretty good defense and that would be i think that'd be awesome to see him on cleveland's defense even if they're going (laughs) two and 14 every year or whatever
1: well it's it's a slippery slope i mean people don't you know, I know Oklahoma State fans have a, uh, like a disdain with, with Cleveland in regards to, you know, Justin Gilbert and Brandon Whedon and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, going to a bad team, it's not great because maybe the culture isn't good and, and the winning's not there, but it also presents opportunity, you know, I mean, if you go to a more established team, you're going to start out as a backup, whereas, you know, there might be more opportunity to see the field earlier for those uh, those bad teams, which, you know, maybe a good or bad thing. In terms of quarterback, I think it's a bad thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd rather have uh, the quarterback sit for a few years. But um, so it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's it's good in the sense that maybe you could go to a more established team um, and learn from some really good coaching staffs and some really good players. But you, you may have to sit for a while or you may not make the roster. You know, there's other there's other variables that, that, that come into play there that I think are, are interesting. So,
0: Who's the... So I know you've thought about this a lot, but who's the guy of of all the Oklahoma State guys that could get drafted that you think is the best fit or, or which team for which guy is the best fit? So, like, if if Rudolph goes to Buffalo, like, is that your number one combination? Or if uh, – I know that's not. But if Washington goes to doubt, like, which which Oklahoma State player going to which team would you tab as, man, I would really love to see this happen?
1: So – you know, I think there's a few there's a few spots for Rudolph. I mean, obviously, if Rudolph goes to the Saints or you know the Patriots, he's going to be in good hands. Um, but I, if you look at, if you take all the variables in, and I've said this before, but I I really think the Chargers are a good match. They also have a pick. Um, I want to say it's like 48 um, in the second round, which you know, he he probably will be gone, and and like I mentioned earlier, he may be gone in the in back half of the first round. But you know, Ken Wesenhunt is is a great offensive mind. Philip Rivers is a very similar quarterback to him in regards to pocket presence, yeah. and and uh, you know. So that would be an excellent and, – and then, uh, you know, I, uh, I hate to come back to it, but the weather's nice, it's a dome. I mean, I just think it's a good it's a good place for him, and I know that that's uh, – but I, I just can't imagine him in Buffalo where it's, you know, 10 inches of snow and all that. And I, I, I think Buffalo is a terrible fit um, altogether. They they hired the former Alabama O.C. who um, – Brian Dabo, I think, and uh, I'm not, not very impressed with him. Um, so, you know, I think – I'd love to see Mason Rudolph go really early in the draft. Um, but you know, the selfish part of me really wants him to, to, you know, uh, you know, last a little bit longer and go to a, a better situation. Um, for James Washington, I think the Panthers are a perfect spot. Yeah. Um, you know, you got a guy that can really stretch the field. Um, Cam Newton, they need wide receivers. Um, they pick a 24. I don't necessarily think he's going to go at 24, but you never know. There's a lot of trades and whatnot. Um, with Marcel Aiman, I mean, he could fit in a lot of places. I mean, he's more of a niche receiver where, um, you know, he's not necessarily a number one guy. So someone that would need, um, you know, more of a move the chains type receiver, a physical, you know, big um, big guy that, that could, you know, get some end zone, red zone catches um, would be a good match for him. I mean, there's a lot of teams that I think could uh, could use that need. Um, so his, uh, you know, I think he could, he could fit in a lot of different areas, whereas Washington's maybe a little bit more, niche and his fit because uh people only view him as kind of a deep thread so
0: yeah uh it's i don't know it's it's gonna be interesting i feel like there's so much speculation and posturing that goes into these three or four months and then whatever happens on draft night you're like i did not see that coming like i feel like that's just because there are so many um variables there's so many teams and there's so many players you, it, it's just it's almost impossible to predict and yet it's there's been this entire like cottage industry created about trying to predict not only the nfl draft but also uh the nba so i don't know it, it's it's super interesting to follow i'm excited about this weekend we'll be covering uh, wherever the oklahoma state guys end up and uh, that should be a lot of fun i wanted to ask you real quick before we go adam uh mike boynton landing some guys he's getting some recruits um mike cunningham obviously is a transfer he committed or he signed on tuesday he got the boone twins out of tulsa since we last talked uh or maybe maybe we've had one podcast since then but my question for you is do you feel like we are overrating or underrating the job that mike boynton is doing when it when it comes to recruiting because it feels like there's a lot of chatter about it and then there wasn't very much happening and now there is who what's your opinion of of um whether whether his work on the recruiting trail thus far has been overrated or underrated
1: i would say it's a it's a proper amount of hype i mean i think the one thing and this is maybe something that you could tie back into the football team too is recruiting is a long process i mean yeah uh, with lon Lon kruger said he started recruiting Trey young his freshman year you know so it, recruiting is all it's the it's the the relationship business so it's really hard to step into a situation and just start recruiting well i mean it really i think you know we'd like to have we'd like to see boyden come in with a solid 2019 class you know and i think the the problem with him is is this uh, you know the the situation with the fbi really um you know, hindered his ability to deliver anything for 2018. I mean, I think anything that he's able to come in with is better than than I would have expected. Um, at 2019, you'd like to see him you know make strides and I think he's already he's already doing that. Um, but I you know recruiting is a long, a long process. It's especially in basketball with the AAU scene and all that it's going out and, you know, meeting with those sophomores, those 2020 kids and building relationships with them early and all that. So, you know, I, I would say it's a proper amount of hype. I think he's doing a, he's doing a really good job, uh, handling a very poor situation and, and yeah. turning it into some, some early success. Um, you know, we all want the big, the big guys, the big recruits, and I think they'll come, um, and he's on the proper trajectory to, to, you know, land those.
0: Still. yeah I agree and especially with with getting the boone kids to commit, I know that uh there was somebody that works for two four seven wouldn't watch them play. I think it was last weekend talked about how he expects one of them to be in the n b a someday, and it's like wow you know it, it, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they develop over their. Uh, over their final, I guess, year year and change in high school, so
1: he's I agree. he's certainly I, not struggling with getting size. I mean, it took Travis Ford a decade to <laughs> sign a six or six, six, center above, and you yeah. know he's got a lot of guys that are six eight, six nine, six ten. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it sounds like the Boone kids are, are at least, uh, um, you know, one of them is is real legit, and the other one is it uh, should be a solid contributor. So, um, so I think you know certainly uh exciting times uh coming coming forward so
0: yeah absolutely Uh, okay adam man you did a great job filling in for carson uh it was a lot of fun talking to trey flowers appreciate him coming on again and uh, i think carson will be back next week but uh we will uh, have you on again to uh to, to break down the landing spots for all these all these uh oklahoma state cowboys and uh yeah we'll talk soon
1: yeah i enjoyed it thanks for
0: having me on Okay, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Yep, take care. Bye.